This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi everyone, welcome to Perak Tes Zion, chapter 16. In this beautiful Perak, David is speaking about his loyalty and his devotion and his commitment to having Hashem be his one and only God who's in control of his life. And he also brings us here the famous dictum that we've been saying over and over since we're in preschool, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. He's saying, I constantly envision Hashem in my mind. I'm mindful of him always as if he's right across from me. And also he brings here in this parak some very beautiful and crucial benefits and payoffs to living with this dictum, to living in this mindset, to living with loyalty and devotion and love for Hashem always. And we could really see how even though being a Yid comes with so many laws and obligations, it's clear here with all the benefits that he brings us, it's obvious that the payoffs far outweigh anything that might seem inconvenient or difficult. I just want to point out, when I see this Pasuk here in this Perak, Shivisi Hashem Benegdi Samit, I'm reminded again of my grandmother, Babi Eshu, Allah Shalom, my father's mother, who I speak about all the time in my speeches. Um, and, you know, whatever I say today should be an aliyah for her neshama. And it just, it's amazing because as much as I was close with her and I had a very strong Kesha with her and I knew she was very, very special, um, I didn't know how much her messages were being internalized and how great of an influence and an impact she had on my life until I started teaching these Tehillim classes. Because for some reason, and she was definitely a person who was engrossed in Tehillim. Tehillim was her go-to activity. So, you know, it's just amazing to me that I ended up giving these Tehillim classes and that this is where I really find that she was such a massive impact and, and I'm able to... I end up feeling so inspired. It's almost surprising me. I'm so inspired to give over all the things that she taught me. So I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I just want to bring us back to my high school days where I remember very vividly one night I was sitting at my desk in my room and I was on the phone with her and we were schmoozing and I loved when she gave over her stories. She had, she was not one of those quiet, you know, people who didn't want to tell stories about her past. She was very much excited to share, wanting to bring us back into her pre-war shtetl, Poland days, living with her family in her home. And she loved going back to those times. So she was telling me that in her little base Yankiv, in, you know, in her school, her little class, every single day she said that when the teacher, when the mower came in the room, the first thing that they did was they all started to say a chant every day before any learning happened. And she said, and she taught me the chant that these little girls back in the 1930s were saying in their Beis Yaakov classrooms, in the, the newly minted Beis Yaakov from Sarah And she said, and I remember I wrote it down on a sticky note. I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. But I'm going to, just from memory, I'm going to say whatever I remember. If any of my cousins here want to call me and correct me, or if any of you may have heard this from your grandparents or your parents, you know, feel free to correct me. This is just what I'm remembering. 
um, and she she chanted it on the phone with me, and she she told me the words, and the words were Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid, Erweist alles was ich tracht. He knows everything I'm thinking. Er seht alles was ich tien. He sees everything that I'm doing. Er hört alles was ich red. He hears everything that I'm saying. Und er schreibt alles in a bich. And he writes it all down in a book. And I remember that tune that she chanted it in. And we said it a bunch of times over and over together. And it's something that had a huge mark on me and that I'll never forget. So it's really a privilege for me to be teaching you this parak today with this beautiful pasuk in it of Shivisi Hashem. What we're going to be doing, my focus in teaching you this parak today, is that we're going to be exploring new ways of embracing this pasuk, Shivisi Hashem Menegdi Tamid. And we're going to explore it in a way that will help, it will, we'll use it to help us connect with our neshama and access our ever-present, underused, underrated, all-knowing, higher guidance that we get from our neshama. We all have that chilek elokamimal, that peace of Hashem within us. We have that inner compass that knows everything, that's there to guide us, that has all the answers. The problem is we're so accustomed to listening to all the messages around us, to what we read and to what we hear and to advice from people, and we get used to just ignoring it and not paying attention to what it's saying. So we have to go back to partnering up with ourselves and to getting aligned with that inner wisdom that we have and to listening to its messages and to really enjoy the connection that it provides us with Hashem and enjoy the peace and stability that it will bring into our life. So let's look at Pasuk Aleph. Perak Tesayin Pasuk Aleph says, Mechtam Ledavid. So this is an interesting new type of introduction that we didn't have before. Mechtam Ledavid. What's Mechtam? Mechtam, Rashi explains, is a crown. And Rashi says that the, the words in this Pasuk, Shamreni Kel Ki Chasisi Vach, Protect me, Hashem, for I seek refuge in you, was a mantra that David repeated. It was a tefillah that he repeated constantly in his life until it acted like a crown, like a mechtam, and until it encircled him and protected him like a golden crown. Pasuk Beis. Amart lahashem hashemata tovasi bal alacha. I say to Hashem, you are my God, my benefactor. There is none above you. So the word amart here, what is it? He's saying, you say, amart Lashem, you say to Hashem. Who's he talking to? So if we look at the word amart, it's in feminine, it's in Lashon Nekeva. And it's talking, he, and what he's saying is he's talking to his neshama. And he's saying about his neshama, because neshama is also in Lashon Nekeva, in, in feminine, it has a kamate at the end. So he's saying, neshama, you say to Hashem, that Hashem, you are my benefactor and there's none above you. So interesting because I'm talking, you know, my, my whole theme that I'm bringing out here today is getting connected with our neshama and getting connected with its messages. And that's exactly what David Amalek is doing right here. He's talking about what his neshama is saying. He's getting connected with that part of him. Okay, so here he's talking about his loyalty to Hashem. And if we look at Pasuk Dalit, it says, Yirbu atzvosam achar maharu. Those who are maharu, who are quickly running after acher, after other gods, the idol worshippers, people who are not 
worshiping Hashem. Yirbu atzvosam, their, their, their distress and their sadness is going to increase. They're just going to have suffering from it. So he's here talking about his loyalty and his commitment to the one and only God that he knows. And the Ma'am Loes has another take on these words. And it's really very different from the message that we're trying to bring out here in this parak. But it's, I think it's a very nice, relevant message that we could all bring into our life. So I'm going to tell you what he says. He says, Yirbu atzvosam, the people who are going to feel this, the, who are going to be plagued with sadness, who are they? Acher maharu. They're the people who are constantly rushing maher. They're rushing for acher, to see what's happening next, to see what the next thing is going to be in life. It's the people that are not able to stay present. If when we're not in the moment and we're not just doing the next best thing to do and we're worrying about what's going to be in the future, that's what creates the most distress in our life. I just want to give you an example of this. When I coach single women and they're dating and like a lot of times these type of things will come up that, you know, well, what if I go out with him again and I'm not really sure that I want him and then he's going to be led on. I'm going to lead him on to think that I'm marrying him and then I'm going to break his heart. Or what if I say yes to going out with this person and then and then I get confused and then we end up in this whole confusion and I'm da, 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 da. And people like very often um, in this part of their life end up thinking ahead. They think ahead so much that it creates a lot of suffering because really in this moment, Nothing's wrong, right? A guy said, yes, they want to go out with her. Nothing's really wrong in this moment. But when they're focused on the future and all the negative things that might occur, that's how we get to this place of Yerbu Atzvosam. So my job is to bring them back to the present. And what I do is, you know, and, and, and the advice that I'm going to give all of us today is how do we stay in the present? So first of all, we want to acknowledge that, yes, of course we have a fear about the future and that's there to serve us. What is it there to do? It's there to tell us that we want to set an intention for the future. We want to know where we're going. We want to know where we want to end up. That's very important so that we can actually get there. We want to plug in to our GPS that which, that, you know, the place that we want to end up in. So we want to set an intention. The way you stay in the present is you set an intention for the future, right? I want to have clarity on this date and know exactly if this guy is for me or if he's worth pursuing on right now, like on this date. I don't want it to get slept out. So I want to have clarity on this date about whether he's worth pursuing. And then after she sets her intention about whatever she wants in the future, then you can come back to this present moment. And you could remind yourself that right now, the only thing I'm in control of is what I do right now. I have to do the next best thing. I just want to take the step that is the next best step to take. And that's all that the person really has to focus on. And that's very manageable. And, you know, then whenever her mind is going to wander into the future and start worrying, she would just remind herself that she already set her intention and that Hashem is in support of her intentions. And we're going to read about that more in this parak also, that whatever direction we set our mind to, Hashem is in support and he'll guide us in that path. So she, she made a conscious decision of what she wants. She's staying in the present and she's surrendering the outcome and the result to Hashem. She's surrendering to the intention that she set. And then she can just relax into it and keep reminding herself to just take the next best step. So when we do this, then we're able to have a much more calm, relaxing, happy experience in the present. So now we're going to Pasuk Hay, where David is acknowledging that as opposed to people who seek material forms of worldly success, 
He's saying here, Hashem menas chalki. My chalak, my success, my portion is Hashem. And that's his focus. So just like, you know, a person get, goes to a beautiful event and they're giving out dessert, they're coming around with these delicious plates of dessert. It's a beautiful simcha. And, and, and you're sitting there waiting for your portion. You're waiting for your plate to come so you can enjoy it, right? So David is saying here, what's my chilek? My chilek is Hashem. Hashem is my dessert. Hashem, I, you know, I don't value the material. I value my connection with Hashem. Now, it, at the end of the Pasuk, it says, Tomech Gorali, that Hashem guides my destiny. So the question is, but we always talk about the fact that we have so much more power than we think we do. And we have Bechira Chavshis, we have free will. And we actually create our lives by the way we think and the, what we believe and how we act. So what do we mean that Hashem creates our destiny, that He's making our goal, He's, he's deciding what's going to be with our lot? So what we mean is that, you know, when we say Hashem guides us, what we're saying is once I make a decision, once I turn in a direction and I decide this is where I want to go, this is what I want my focus to be on. This is what my intention is. That's our Bechira. That part is our Bechira. But then from there, Hashem then takes us in that direction and He eases the journey and He gives us inspiration and guidance and courage to overcome any obstacles that might be lying in the path of where I want to get to. So personally, um, you know, when I make up these Tehillim classes, it used to be that it was a whole issue for me, which parak should I teach this week? And I would look and turn and find, and this one's not good enough, and that one doesn't have the message that I want to give. And I, it took me a while to figure it out. Recently, a couple of weeks ago, I made a decision. I said, you know what? Hashem could just make it easy for me. So I'm going to set an intention that when I open up my Tehillim, I'm going to just, whatever I open up to, that should be the right parak. That should be the parak that I'm going to be feeling connected to want to teach. And I, the minute I set that intention, I was like amazed to see that that's exactly what happened. I opened up the Tehillim and bam, there was my parak. And this week, the same thing. I opened up my Tehillim, Shivisi Hashem. I'm like, yeah, that's my parak. That's what I want to teach. So... Hashem really does in miraculous ways. Once we set our mind to something and decide we want to do it, we get, you know, led in that direction. If you would have asked me a year ago, would I be making up all of these classes on Tehillim? I would have said, no way. Like, how would this even happen? How would I know what to do? And Hashem just literally puts ideas in my head so much so that like the day before I give a class, I could have no idea what I'm going to be saying, but then something happens in my life or a client comes with a specific issue or I deal with a specific issue in my life and it right away enlightens to me like, yeah, this is what I want to teach them about. And then the next day I'll open up the parak and boom, it's the perfect match to the lesson that I wanted to teach. So Hashem really guides me on my path. And honestly, he would guide me on any path. If I decided I want to become a TV binge watcher, then that's the path I'd be, I probably would end up encountering the most entertaining shows out there, right? Whatever path I set my mind to is the path that I'm going to have Siata Dishmaya in. As long as I believe, right, you'll be guided to the, to the degree that you trust that you'll be guided. So the lesson here for all of us is very often we think, I can't do this. I can't do that, right? You, you know, a, a lot of people are stuck in their I can'ts. It's never going to happen. It's not possible. It's not realistic. There's no one out there. There's nothing out there. I can't do it. I'm not capable. We get so stuck, right? But what we have to realize is, right? Hashem is guiding our path. 
our job is to decide what direction do I want to go in? What seed am I planting? What intention do I want to have for my end result? And then to surrender to Hashem's guidance. He will get me there. To have that certainty and that trust that somehow, some way, I don't need to know how, He's going to take me to where I need to get to. I am ever mindful of Hashem's presence as if He's right before me always. So the word shivisi is an interesting way of saying this. Shivisi, like I am mindful, I, I, I envision. Why shivisi? Shivisi has the root word shaveh. Shaveh means equal. So what's the significance of this concept of equal when I'm talking about envisioning Hashem in front of me? So there's a few explanations that I'd like to bring to you. The Radak explains that the word Shaveh is used because we're supposed to envision Hashem as if He's directly positioned in front of our eyes, like right in front of us at an equal place, like equal to where we're looking, to our line of vision. That's where we should see Hashem right in front of us so that we won't be able to take our minds off of Him for even a second. Why is it so important that we don't take our eyes off of Him for even a second? And the answer is because when a person wants to do something wrong, if they want to steal something, let's say, right? If there's a person in the store with them who's watching them, they're not going to do it. Chances are they won't do it. Why? Because we were given a special gift, and that gift is the midah of boshes, of shame. The midah of shame and embarrassment in front of other people protects us from doing the wrong thing. But when it comes to Hashem, He's invisible, and He made Himself that way on purpose. So He's invisible, so we don't have the midah of shame. We don't see Him. So it's easy to do the wrong thing because we don't actually see him in front of us. And the reason he did that, why did Hashem do it that way? He did it on purpose. He wants to give us more schar for doing the right thing. And if we don't see him, it's going to be harder to do the right thing. So that's why he made it harder for us. So he can give us more reward for actually doing what we're supposed to do. So what did he give us instead? Hashem says, you don't have that natural shame ingrained in you when it comes to me. When, it come, when you're in your room alone, in your house alone, and no one's watching you, there's no shame, even though I'm around all the time. So Hashem gives us a little bit of assistance here. And He says, what do you do? You artificially insert the vision of me into your life to create the shame. The shame is not going to naturally be there because you can't see me. So you need to put me there, in front, right in front of your eyes, and do it actively do the work that you need to envision me there so that you could stay away from the things that you're not supposed to be doing. And this is why we get so much schar when we go against our Yetzirah and we don't do the things that we want to be doing that are wrong. We get so much schar because we have to actively, in order to stay away from the sin, we have to actively do the Shivisi Hashem Summit and envision Him there ourselves. And so it's extra hard to do and so we get extra schar for it. And this is why the Radak says we have to have Hashem in front of us, right in front of our noses, so that we can't look away for a second, so that we'll be protected from doing the wrong thing, and we'll have the Yerushalayim that we need to live the lives that we want. So that's number one. The second idea is the Baal Shem Tov explains that when Hashem is Lenegdi Tamid, when He's always across from me, when He's right in front of me, then Shivisi, then everything is equal to me. Everything is Shavet. Meaning, whatever happens in my life, whether it appears to be good or it appears to be bad, it's all the same. 
because it's all coming from the God that's right in front of me. It's all coming from my loving Father who wants the best for me and is giving me everything for the best. So it doesn't matter what it looks like on, on, on the outside, what the outer wrapping of it looks to be. It matters that it's that Hashem is the Negvi Summit and therefore it's all equal and it's all good. The good and the bad. And the third idea of why we have this word Shaveh here is because when we're able to tap into Hashem's guidance, to see us, to see Him always before us, and to tap into what He wants us to do and to connect with Him, then that allows us to stop looking for approval and guidance from everybody else around us, right? When a person gets a new wig, they get a new shaitel. This person loves it, that person hates it, right? How many experiences do we have like this? You can't please everybody, right? So what do you do if you want to have peace of mind? You have to just look into yourself and you have to say, what do I like and what do I want? And with any decision that we make in life, Hashem gives us an inner compass. That inner compass is our higher guidance, is our intuition, is our neshama. And it's there to tell us what's right and what's wrong. And it has all the answers that we could ever need. So if we're able to see our neshama, connect with it, feel it, get the answers from it, then we could live in a calm, content state of equilibrium, of shaveh. We could have equanimity because we, we know that we're doing the right thing. We're connecting with our higher guidance. We're connecting with the chilek elokam imal, that peace of God that's within us. So when I see Hashem anegvi samid, when I connect with that godly piece of me, then shivisi, then I could be calm and content and happy. I don't care. I don't have to care what everybody else has to say and take guidance from a million different people and get confused. So that's the third idea here, that keeping Hashem before us, connecting with His wisdom that He sends to us through our neshama is the way to live a calm, stable, balanced life of equilibrium, equanimity. Now, just to give you an example of this, I had somebody recently who was dating someone and she found out about this person she was dating, this this boy she was dating, she found out some good things and she found out some not so good things. And she was confused and she was getting, she was like suffering because these people said, no, those people are lying. And those people said, no, those people are lying. And she couldn't get a straight answer from anyone. So I explained to her, I said, you're never going to get a straight answer, right? What's the likelihood that you're going to come out with a straight answer from all of these different opinions? It's not going to happen. How are you going to feel good? How are you going to feel content if you learn to trust your inner Urim Vatumim? You learn to trust your inner sense of guidance, that inner voice, that intuition, that your gut. If you learn to listen to it and you hear its voice, you're going to be able to detect. You're going to feel is something all, you have enough healthy people in your life. You have enough health to be able to decide that you're going to trust yourself to detect. Is this off or is this on? How do I feel around this whole situation? And when you tune into that inner guidance, then you could be Shavet. Then you could be calm. Then you could be relaxed. And then you could know that Shem is taking care of you. He's giving you clarity. And everything will turn out the way it's meant to be. I'm going to give you a process for how to tune into your intuition at the end of this parak. Pasuk test. Lachin samach libi v'yagel kvodi af besari yishkol navetach. So, when I get to this place of Shivisi Hashem, and I'm connected with my neshama and my intuition, then what happens? How do I know I'm really doing the right thing? I'm really connecting to my intuition. I'm going to know it when samach libi, when I'm happy. When I'm happy, and my kevodi, my soul, 
soul is referred to here as my honor because it's the greatest honor of our body. Our soul is like our crowning glory. So when my soul is happy, when I'm my heart is happy, even when my body is feeling it, and we're going to use this at the end to really understand how to, how to know what I'm feeling, how to know what my intuition is telling me. It's going to speak to us through our body even. Even my body will be relaxed and calm and happy. That's how I'm going to know that that I'm really tuning into my higher intuition, to the messages that Hashem is sending me. Pasuk Yod, Kilosazov Nafshi Lishol, for you will not abandon me to the Sha'ol. David is saying here that even though his body is going to end up in the earth after he dies, he knows that his soul will not be following in, the, in that direction. His soul will be lifted up to a place of glory. And then Ibn Ezra explains that he's actually expressing here his elation at the prospect of death. He's showing that he's not afraid. He's not afraid of death. He's excited about it because he knows that his soul is going to be in a great place. And this is one of the massive advantages of living with Hashem at our side, always right in front of us, always. The advantage is that if we would be attached to material matters and that would be our focus and our goal in our life, we'd be terrified of death because death represents a total lack of materialism. Uh, It's when a person loses every physical material thing in their life and enters into a purely spiritual state. But if a person is connected with Hashem all the time, then they could be excited for death because death is just going to bring them the greatest spiritual pleasures, you know, that they have never even had an opportunity to experience in their entire life put together. Death, if a person is spiritual, the more spiritual a person is, the more okay the person is going to be with dying. Pasuk Yud Aleph says, Todieni Orachayim. Let me know. Show me. Teach me Orachayim. Teach me the path of life. So we're asking Hashem here, get us in touch with our Neshama. Get me in touch with where I'm supposed to be going and what I'm supposed to be doing. Strengthen that inner compass. Help me know what to do next. Now, when we look at the Orachayim, the word Orachayim, the path of life, how come we don't say Derachayim? Derach is a more common way of saying the word path. Why Orachayim? So when we talk about moving upwards in our life and growing in a spiritual way, we use Orach. Like in Mishle, it says Orachayim Lamala Lamaskil. The path of life is upwards for the smart one. So when we're talking about spiritual growth and moving upwards in our lives, we, we use Orach. Why is that? So the word orach is from the word oreach. What's an oreach? A guest. Why are we saying, why are we comparing ourselves to a guest when we talk about spiritual growth? And the answer is because we can only really be growing and we can only really be aligned and on the right path, on the right upward path in this world if we see ourselves as the guests that we really are here. If we realize that we're not here permanently and we came here for a short amount of time to accomplish very important things, then we'll have a very easy time constantly pushing ourselves to go higher and higher. Think about a guest in a hotel. Think about a a person who's going on a vacation, and they planned this big trip to Europe. And it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip, and he invests money and time and effort into this, and he's excited, right? He gets to the hotel room, What's he going to do? Is he going to plop down on the bed, turn on the TV, and chill for four days? No way, right? It would never happen. What's he going to do on this trip? 
most likely he came with an itinerary that's packed with exciting things to do. So that's, it's the same thing with us. When we know that we're a guest in this world, you know, and we're not going to be here forever, we're not going to kick our feet back and do nothing. Just naturally, we're going to have a drive. We're going to have adrenaline. We're going to want to go, move, see, do, accomplish. And that's why the phrase Orachayim here, when we're talking about the path of life that leads upwards towards higher places, we use the word Orach from the word Oreach, guest. Because we're reminding ourselves that we are guests here. And when we have that guest outlook, automatically the way we behave in this world is completely different. So to conclude, David expresses his loyalty to Hashem in this parak, And he brings us many pleasures and benefits that, are gonna, that come with that devotion, that come automatically with it. Um, he says that it brings him protection, like we started out with Mechtam Ladavid, trusting in Hashem that he's going to protect him. Brings, makes him, gives him that crown of protection, um, and and Hashem watches over him. We spoke about the shavet, the equanimity that we have when we look to Hashem for answers, and when we trust that He's always before us. We spoke about the happiness, the samach libi v'yagel kvodi af besari Right, our body, our soul, our heart, our spirit, every part of us will be happy when we're living with Hashem. And the, also the concept of not fearing death. And how David explains how he knows that even though his body is going down into the grave, his soul is going to be uplifted. So let's talk about how we could use this idea of Shivisi Hashem in our lives. How can we feel what Hashem wants of us? How can we feel out? Todieni orachayim. How do I get those messages out of my neshama and so that I could really come to a place of clarity and peace of mind and remain content through the ups and downs of my life. So here are two ideas. And I, more and more I'm seeing people in my professional life, in my personal life, who are so disconnected from their inner compass. So disconnected. What, y'all, what should I do? What should I do about this? What should I do about that? I asked my rub and I read a book and I asked this person and my mother told me this and my friend told me that. And they're confused and they're suffering. And my job is really to help them to re-partner up, to partner up with their inner self, to hear what their, what their inner compass is telling them because we all have those answers within us. And they have to build their trust in their ability to trust what they're hearing from themselves. And that's really the Shivisi Hashem idea that I want to bring out today. See Hashem in front of you. You don't need to look around for answers. You have the answers within you. Hashem put a piece of Himself inside of you to guide you. So here's two ideas to get in touch with that voice. The first idea is write a letter to your Neshama and have your Neshama respond. So write all of your feelings in your journal, everything that's on your mind, Ask whatever questions you want to ask, and then have a response from your higher self, from your neshama. What it does is it takes you out of, when you do this, it takes you out of your, like, being stuck in all the knowledge that you have about everybody's opinions and all the past experiences. That It takes you out of your outer knowledge, of your exterior awareness, and it brings you access to your inner wisdom and it's an amazing process that really allows you to access that part of you that is able to give so much good wise advice to others you're now taking that and you're giving it to yourself 
The second idea is that you want to accustom yourself, and it sounds so simple and basic, but it's so profound and it's so life-changing. You want to accustom yourself to posing questions to your higher self. Instead of asking when you're thinking, I want to ask somebody else, instead, ask yourself. Just get quiet and say, what's the right thing to do in this situation? How do I know if I'm being too mean or too nice, or maybe I should do this or I shouldn't do this? Or like, how do I know I'm doing the right thing? Ask it to yourself. Turn inwards, ask the question, and again, remember, when the answer is correct, when you're seeing the answer of Hashem, right? then you're, even your body is going to feel good. So ask it, and then ask yourself, how do I feel? Do I want to do this? And how do you feel around it? Do you feel light and airy? Do you feel constricted? Is there, some, is there a nausea in your stomach? Do you have a pit in your stomach? Or are you like feeling like, yes, yes, this, is, this feels good for me? Um, or do I want to do that? And how do you feel about that? Good? Bad? How does your body feel around the options that you present yourself? Ask the question to yourself. See how you feel. And, and do this anytime you notice yourself seeking like answers from, around, from everybody around you. Turn in and pose a question to yourself. And trust that... Hashem has provided you with the answers that you need. Now, obviously, there's always going to be those questions that we're meant to be asking guidance for from a rabbi or a mentor, and that's okay. But we have to make sure that we get comfortable with trusting ourselves and with hearing the messages within us on a regular basis. By accessing the voice of our soul and connecting and aligning ourselves with Hashem's guidance, we're all going to live happier, more confident, more authentic, richer lives. Thank you so much for listening.